0: This is our sixth session in uh, the series, Knowing the Father. And in this session, I want to talk about how the Father carries us. See, we think we have to be wise and strong. I mean, we know we're not, but we pretend uh, to be wise and strong. And in, in reality, you know, not many people are wise and strong, but we are conditioned to believe that strength and independence is good and weakness is bad. And so what we end up doing is living in, un, in unreality. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 to 29, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. God's not looking for those who are wise and strong. He sees through that pretense. You know, in in Isaiah, um, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 to 31, um, Isaiah says this, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. See, when we recognise that we are really quite weak, we can become dependent on him. We recognise that his strength His power is something that we can rely on, but it needs us to come to that place where we let go of our own apparent strength, our own apparent um, ability to do things, and we fall back upon our, our weakness. And as we do that, we begin to rely on his strength and his power because it's his strength that empowers us. But the problem is the world says strength is good and weakness is bad. And what that does is it leads us into the path of self-righteousness, where we think through our own ability, our own drivenness, we can make it all right. But actually, God says, I look for the weak. I look for those who are foolish in the world's eyes and I take them and I use them. See, he's looking at the heart and he's looking for those who've let go of their own ability and their own strength, and they've begun to rely on his strength. That's what the father wants is he wants sons and daughters who rely and who are dependent on him. You know, we see this throughout Paul's life. You know, Paul wrote the two letters to the Corinthians, and when you read both of those letters, There is so much about coming in weakness, coming in vulnerability, letting go of our own strength, being dependent on him. And some of these passages are very, very well known. And I just want to look at um, a, a couple of passages from the end of 2 Corinthians. We've already looked at the beginning of 1 Corinthians. But at the end of 2 Corinthians, in chapter 11, verse 30, Paul says, if I must boast I will boast of the things that show my weakness. This is the apostle Paul, you know, he was he was he was the guy who wrote nearly half of the New Testament. He planted churches. You know, he was beaten, he was shipwrecked, he was put in prison. And you know, he must have been physically a tough guy. But here he says what really matters, you know, I'm going to boast of the things that show my weakness. And then in chapter 12 Um, he writes about the thorn in the flesh you know a very well-known passage Um, verse 7 to 10 therefore in order to keep me from being conceited i was given a thorn in my flesh a messenger of satan to torment me three times i pleaded with the lord to take it away but he said my grace is sufficient for you my power is made perfect in weakness Now, we don't know what the thorn in the flesh was. You know, many people have got lots of ideas, but we don't know, we're not told. But Paul says this thorn in the flesh was a messenger from Satan. It was therefore meant to be destructive. It was meant to be a distraction. It was meant to steal the life away from Paul. But Paul turned it around. He embraced it so that it could become a force for good. It allowed him to recognize and embrace his own weakness, to become content with it. And that's a real challenge, to become content with our weakness. It's not natural. It's something that can only really happen by the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And Paul was able to turn this messenger, this apparent messenger from Satan around, something that was meant to torment him and steal his life, but actually he turns it around and he finds a place of contentment with his weakness. And he says, I'm gonna boast. Not in my strength, not in my abilities, not in all the things I've done, I'm gonna boast in my weaknesses. And he does it, he sees that as he boasts in his weakness, the power of God can be seen in him. And that defined Paul's journey. You know, I think weakness is very closely aligned with comfort, which we talked about in one of the other sessions. You know, we, we cannot truly receive comfort unless we, we, we recognize our need for comfort and that we need something from outside of us to come into our hearts. And so Paul lays aside all of his strengths, all of his abilities and says, I'm gonna boast in my weaknesses so that God's power may be seen in me. And I I want to just pause and ask a question at this point. You know, very often we say, oh, we've got a thorn in our flesh. And what are we gonna do with it? You know, of course we wanna be free of it. And sometimes we fight against it. But can we be like Paul and embrace the thorn in in our flesh? So the thing that maybe Satan has sent to torment us. We can turn around and see that it's actually something that God can use for good because it's the thing that leads us to recognize and accept our own weakness. And as we can accept and recognize our weakness, we can allow the power of God to flow through us. You see, our Father, I believe, wants to carry us. We we all want to do things for God. We all want to be used by him. But the problem is if we go too far down that pathway, we begin to think that he needs us. And we think of all the things we can do for him to help him out. And we often end up being worn out and burnt out. And we become tired and weary. And we kind of begin to ask the question, I'm doing all this stuff for God. And why am I exhausted? And of course, you know, it's our heart's desire to want to serve him. It's our heart's desire to be used by him. But we have to be really careful that we don't let ourself overtake that desire. And it becomes more about us and less about him. It's actually very different. You know, it's not dependent on us, but it's totally dependent on him. You know, I believe that our Father is incredibly generous and he will bless what we do. He will bless the work of our hands. He will bless our desires and our heart to serve him and please him. But if it's all about us, it's only going to be limited to what we can do. And that's limited. (laughs) And what he wants us to do is get out of the way. And let his power and let his strength be shown through our weakness. We get a beautiful picture in Deuteronomy. Chapter 1, verse 29 to 31. This is the story that you know, Moses is telling the people of Israel their story, their history. And, you know, the thing we know about the Israelites is, and the thing they did best was they rebelled. They were a rebellious people. And in the midst of their rebellion, this is what Moses says to them Then I said to you, Do not be terrified, do not be afraid of them. The Lord, your God, who is going before you, he will fight for you, just like he did for you in Egypt, before your very eyes and in the wilderness. There you saw how the Lord, your God, carried you as a father carries his son all the way until you reach this place. You yeah, what a lovely encouragement, even to a people who are rebelling. You know, don't be afraid. God, your father has gone before you. He will be the one who fights for you. Just like, you know, just like you saw him do in Egypt, just like you saw him in the desert. And he will be the one who carries you all the way. Just like a father carries a son all the way. That's the heart of the father. You know, he wants to go before us. He wants to be the one who fights for us. And he wants to be the one who picks us up and carries us all of the way. And God is a father unlike earthly fathers. He doesn't get tired. We read that in, in Isaiah. He doesn't grow tired or weary. He's quite capable of carrying us all the way. You know, when my kids were little and I, we were out for a walk and they got tired, I would pick them up and carry them, put them on my shoulders. But then I would get tired and I'd have to put them down and let them walk a little bit further. But our father never grows tired. He is capable of carrying us all the way. And as he carries us, he fights for us and we don't have to be afraid. And my encouragement as you think about this session and as you want to respond to it is to is to come to the place of letting go of yourself, letting go of your abilities, letting go of your own strength and your own wisdom and saying, Father, here I come. I want you to carry me. I want you to reach down. I give you permission to fight for me, to go before me and to carry me all the way. That's the heart of the Father. Right at the end of Deuteronomy, when Moses is coming to the end of the story, he says this, Deuteronomy 33, Verse 26 and 27, there is no one like the God of Jeshuan. He rides across the heavens, he helps you, and on the clouds he sits in his majesty. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are his everlasting arms. What a picture of strength and power and majesty. That's who our Father is, he is God almighty but it's also a picture of his tenderness and his gentleness because underneath our lives are his everlasting arms. We think it's all about us, but actually he's the one who's carrying us. He doesn't just take our burdens, he's more interested in carrying us. We see this again in Isaiah chapter 40 verses 10 and 11. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power. He rules with majesty, with his mighty arm. His reward is with him. His recompense accompanies him. He leads his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Once again, it's the picture of a powerful, mighty God. God Almighty, who just happens to be our father who carries us like a shepherd carries a lamb. And my question to us today is can we be carried? Can we allow ourselves to be carried? Can we come to that place in humility where we let go of our own earthly wisdom, our own earthly strength, and we begin to recognize that actually we are, as Paul said, the weak and the foolish. And we come and say, here I am, Father. Yeah, I've pretended, I've tried in my own strength to be strong, to be wise, but it's just been a pretense. I want to rely on your strength. I want to rely on your power. I want you to reach down and carry me. That's what Jesus said, John, chapter 18, verses one to four. The disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child, put this child in the midst of them and said, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus, it's not easy. You know, Jesus says, you've got to to change. You've got to turn right around. You're walking in one direction and you've got to walk in completely the other direction. You know, you've been walking in the direction of human wisdom and human strength. And Jesus says, you've got got to go the other way. of foolishness and weakness. And that requires humility. And Jesus says, if you can humble yourself and if you can turn and walk in the other direction, come like a child, then you'll be the, the greatest in the kingdom. You know, I think many people find that hugely offensive. But Jesus often took a child and said, "This is the way. Humble yourself. Come as a child. Allow yourself to be carried." And so I want to simply ask you: You know, can you lay aside your pride? Can you lay aside your independence? Can you let him? Can you lay aside your apparent human strength and ability? which when, you know, if we're honest, when it's compared to his strength and ability is actually nothing. And can we ask him to carry us? Because it's as we allow ourselves to be carried that we recognise our own weakness, that we can really do nothing on our own, but we need to rely and depend totally on him. See, as we acknowledge our own weakness, we actually recognise his strength. Our weakness actually becomes the key to sonship. Where we live as Jesus lived, where Jesus said, I can do nothing. The son does nothing on his own. I only do what I hear, what I, I only do what I see the father doing. I only say what I hear the father saying. the pathway of sonship is not strength and human ability Paul was very clear the pathway of sonship walking as Jesus walked is the path of weakness and allowing that thorn in our flesh to be turned round and becoming the very way that God's power is revealed in our lives and it's actually The key to living a life of rest. You know, Jesus says in Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. If we want a life of rest, we have to recognise and embrace our own weakness and allow his strength to be shown through that weakness.